Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, we're recording? Yeah. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. Today is, I don't even know, October 19th or something. Mm -hmm. You're probably listening to this on October 20th. Four games in the books for the Leafs last night against the Rangers, a wild overtime game, 2-1-1 current record. Uh, As always, joined by Josh and Jason. But first, I don't know why you're deciding now when we're recording to take those keys off the table. But first... We sold out a little bit, finally. That's the goal in life, pretty much, because um, when you go to the grocery store, you can't pay in authenticity. Am I right? So, Josh, a word from our sponsor. So, we are a sponsored podcast, sponsored by BetStamp. So, BetStamp is a sports betting app. It's designed to help you track and manage your wagers, and it's designed to make you a better better. I know that sounds funny, but it is. I personally use the app. I really enjoy it. It tracks all of your bets. You can see all of the lines from all of the different sports books. You can find a good line at a sports book. Maybe you don't have and sign up for that sports book with one of their referral codes. It also features a peer-to-peer marketplace where you can buy and sell sports betting picks on the app. So, you know, maybe if you don't want to do a ton of research and you see a guy gets hot, you could always buy his picks. Uh, the two guys who founded the app, we know them pretty well. They're really good guys. They did a great job with the app. I enjoy it. On top of that, we're going to be making one NHL pick a day where there are NHL games. In the morning, you guys can track how we do, how good we are at gambling. Probably not that good. But yeah, so we have our first sponsor. It's exciting. And the thing, big thing with the app is these are going to be authentic picks. So if we're actually doing well, like we can't edit this. No. Once it goes in, it's in. And so that, it says it's certified, it's certified. So that's the thing about their app. There's other apps that do this, but you can go back and just edit your picks. Darren Ravel did that on the Action Network. Not to sewer those guys, but it, he went back and edited like, added like $1,000 to his return on investment because he was getting smoked in college football. You can't do that on Betstamp. Once you put in a pick, it's a pick. You can't go back and edit it. It's the real line. Real time from many sports books. They have up, I think, over 20 or 30 sports books on there. So, you know, betting is becoming legalized in Canada. You hear them talking about it on the radio, on TV, nonstop. If you want to actually, you know, make money and do this properly, this is the app to download. Exactly. Exactly. I started actually gambling last year. Um, it's a lot different than just like, oh, I picked this team kind of thing. Um, once you have actual money on it and you're you're into it and you're fully into it, it's... Uh, it's a different beast. <laughs> exactly. So in in, uh, in closing, download BetStamp, follow Rinkrat Report on BetStamp, and yep. we'll be posting picks every morning. So Probably do some betting diaries on the yeah, po- absolutely. podcast. See how we're doing. Yeah. Yep. I still remember most vivid memory last year was um, telling everyone it was the Jets versus the Canucks, and I was so heavy on the Jets. I was like, hey, everyone bet the Jets, and then the, the, the Jets went down a goal, and I'm like, okay, even better, bet the dip. <laughs> So we doubled down on it, and I don't think the Jets got a shot on goal the rest of like the period. Love that. It was, uh, and they just they looked awful the rest of the game. So we lost because of me. Anyways, <laughs> um, it's probably going to happen. It's not the first time. It's not the last time. But let's get into it. Some actual meaningful Leafs games to talk about. Finally, believe it or not, this is the first. I believe the first podcast we're actually talking about real Toronto Maple Leafs games. And as always, boy, is there a lot to talk about. So we're going to go mainly, let's start with that Rangers game first. Mm, I like we'll that. Start with that one, and then we'll work our way back because Rangers game is most fresh in everyone's head, and then we'll remind everyone of what actually happened in the Montreal game and then the two Ottawa games, right? So what were your thoughts on last night's game? That was a really fun game, really entertaining. Even though it was only a 2-1 game, there was a ton of chances by the Leafs. I thought the Leafs pretty much dominated most of the game it started a little slow probably the first half of the first period i think the rangers had 10 shots coming out of the first period but only ended with 16 in the game and and regulation yeah so like the leafs really buckled down they actually only had five shot attempts in the second period for the rangers 
The Leafs absolutely dominated the second period. And they had power plays in that yeah. time. They had two power plays, yeah. It was crazy. So I really liked the Leafs game. Obviously, Austin Matthews returning to the lineup was a big spark. He played terrific. It was crazy they didn't score. A couple one-timers, right. couple in overtime was just insane. Good chances on the power play. Uh, I thought they struggled a little bit in terms of keeping the Rangers outside of the zone on zone entries. Um, Muzzin kind of had a rough game. He's kind of mm. had a rough start to the season. He has. To be honest, oh, I really think he has. is battling an injury. Yeah, yeah. He's got. He took a maintenance day. He's I taken believe yesterday or two, two days I ago. Think. Yeah. Already. Yeah. No, so, I believe he's taken one or two maintenance yeah, but, days for sure. So, you know, he's obviously hasn't been the Muzzin that we know, but hopefully he'll turn it around. Other, I mean, William Nylander has really played really well through four games. One of his better stretches as a Toronto Maple Leaf. A little thing that I've really appreciated about his game is often in the in the past we've criticized him for maybe like overthinking or overhandling the puck or like really trying to pick a corner i really think he's just you know i got a great shot i'm gonna just shoot it at, at the net in spots i think it can go in and it's been going in and he's hit some posts as well he yep. he led the league in shots going into last night's game which is kind of funny for him because people would always say he doesn't shoot enough or he misses the net a lot no was, he misses the net. yeah mm -hmm. so he he, he, he led the league in shots on goal He's really played quite well. So I think that's a guy you're really happy with. In terms of 100%. specifically the game last night, Shestjurkin played terrific. Very, very well. Um, what do you guys think? Anything else from the game specifically to dive deeper? I didn't love I, – I, I was going – I should have pulled up these numbers before this podcast, but I didn't love the point shots from the Leafs. I don't think they got their defense got enough point shots. If you see like Travis Dermott got a shot off the rush kind of thing. I think Morgan Riley got one off a rebound there, but really not enough point shots getting through, therefore not enough rebounds, therefore not enough mucky kind of goals. And I mean, what was the one goal that the Leafs scored last night? It was a mucky goal. It was a mucky goal from a mucky freaking guy, mm -hmm. Michael Bunting. What a start to the season he's had. Oh yeah. I I love that guy. Like he, the way he plays and just the turnovers he creates and just the energy that he brings. Even on the bench, you saw him yipping at people as well. Like, holy moly, what a what a presence! And only nine, only costs nine fifty for next year as well. What a steal! Love but it. overall, in terms of this game, um, there was a couple chances off the rush. I felt like that's that's New York's strong point when you think about it. Guys like Chris Kreider, we saw Julian Gauthier, guy Jack Hand mentioned. Big, strong guy off the rush was able... And then uh, Travis Dermott took a penalty because off the rush, he had to try to defense. Um, he, he he was a step behind, tried to uh, stop Rooney, ended up tripping him there. That led mm -hmm. to a power play for New York. But off the rush, that was where their main source of offense was. Um, and really, I mean, I thought the Leafs outplayed them, though. I was going to say, it wasn't much, though, like... The Leafs did a pretty good job in terms of they had a ton of offensive zone faceoffs, a lot of shots on net. Yeah, maybe not the grade A chances that you would hope for, but they had a lot of chances still. Like when you're playing a goalie like Chester, can you need to kind of like get your ass in his face, so yeah. to speak, mm -hmm. in a non. He's really impressive. Non He's really. He's I heard Jeff Merrick say that before the season that he picked him to win the Vesna. I don't think that's a crazy pick at all. I think if the team I mean, plays well. I think he definitely has a chance. I mean, the the theme of the week seems to be some of the goalies at least played are smoking. They're good. Like. Yeah. And on that kind of note, I mean, I, f I feel like I'm going to get into Marner later. So, but I feel like they, they didn't quite like it wasn't, it was almost predictable. Some of the offense sometimes a lot of stuff like on JT stick, I like, this is a guy that scored 40 goals in the NHL, and like you didn't get that feeling when the puck was on his stick. And I don't think like his point total right now, Marner's point total right now, should be a lot higher. But it's like he's getting open looks. Marner's getting open looks, and they're not converting them. And it's like, well, why? And I, I've been playing these plays over and over in my head, and it, it, they feel almost predictable shots in terms of where the, their placement is. I don't know about that, honestly. I think a lot of it is just pure luck, especially mm -hmm. when I watch some of the chance that John Tavares has missed. It's like he, he could easily have four goals this year. He leads yeah. the Leafs in individual expected goals. If you yeah. use Evolving Wilds numbers, which we do, we like to give him a plug, expect the individual expected goals from himself, two and a half so far. 
Mitch Marner, 1.92 individual expected goals. So, as Joe said, they're getting in the right spots mm-hmm. to convert these goals. But you know what? Maybe he's right. Maybe they're doing some predictable things. But then I look at other plays where, you know, Mitch Marner hit the post on the breakaway. Like, if you just slightly angled the puck mm-hmm. differently, he scores. John Tavares had a shot, a one-timer set up by William Nylander from the corner against the Rangers that hit the knob of Ilya Shesterkin. Mm-hmm. Like that's just it, a bad. It didn't break. even hit his knob. It went over his. It hit the tip of it. It hit his, his shaft. Yeah, and it, just, it was over his arm, so he didn't get it with the blocker. It hit the shaft. I he think. A, there, I think a big contri- contributing thing in everyone's mind is like the playoffs, where the good players mm-hmm. didn't score that much. But again, I would caution everyone to remember this is a four-game sample size in a regular season. If John Tavares scored five goals in the first four games, people would probably say, "Oh, well, will he do that in the playoffs? Who cares about the regular season?" So that's why you need to take every sample size with a grain of salt because mm-hmm. there's people who are overly critical right now on Leafs Twitter. It's kind of sad to see. I did a fresh like mute and block of a lot of people, and I just watch the games and don't go on Twitter. It's 10 times more refreshing. Even when they play bad, you don't think they played that bad because it's never as bad as people make it seem. But I don't know, Joe. I, I'd like to test that theory, maybe look at some shot yeah. charts, see where mm-hmm. the shots are coming from. But um, I think there's a lot of luck going involved with it. That's Saturday night chance that Marner gave Tavares in front of the net forehand backhand. He got absolutely robbed. Like those probably go in a lot of times. Yeah. I don't know. Well, the Leafs are almost at 200 shot attempts on the year and they've only scored five goals. Yeah. The Leafs that's, are shooting 5% right yeah. now, which is like crazy unsustainable. That's yeah. they're usually a 9%, 10% mm-hmm. shooting team with their skill level. Mitch Marner has not been on the ice for a goal for or against. I don't even know how that's possible through four games. That's yeah. like extremely crazy. Wow. So, I didn't even realize. It's just, it's a little bit of luck either way, right? In terms yeah. of ex- individual expected goals per 60, I did. So that's, and that's five on five. And five on five individual expected goals per 60. That means the amount of chances essentially that you're generating per minute that you're on, mm-hmm. or per 60 minutes of, of you being on the ice. Top three players on the Leafs, Austin Matthews, obviously last night, monster game. Unfortunately, couldn't buy one. Uh, Wayne Simmons, number two, because he plays eight minutes a game. and. Mm-hmm. Stuffs it in for him in close, so yeah. that's where the metric is kind of skewed. I don't think he's really he's had some decent chances, but I don't know his shot hasn't looked that great. And number three, Michael Bunting, and then Andre Kasha had a, a six shot game, which is kind of skewing this as yeah. well. Small sample size, obviously. Yeah. yeah, I'm just saying though, like the fact they scored zero goals is like really unlike. I'm not saying either yeah. of them have played well. I think they've played pretty mediocre so far. It'll be well, interesting to look for because San Jose doesn't have elite defense. No, they don't. <laughs> and they don't have elite goaltending. No, they don't. So, like, that's where I feel like even Pittsburgh, play San Jose and then Pittsburgh on a back-to-back. If this happens again against those two, that's where I'm going to be, like, really analyzing, like, what the hell's going on here? And, I, I mean, to get into Marner a little bit, there were some times where it was like, I don't know if – well, sorry. Historically, Marner has always been, like, a pass-first mm-hmm. kind of guy. And there has been some open looks where he has passed it. If you remember, he created a two-on-one against Ottawa. He stripped it at the point there. And then he had a wide, wide, wide open look. And he passed it to Tavares. Tape-to-tape pass, but Tavares put it like over the net. That was frustrating to see. But it was like, I don't know. Maybe it's in my head now from the playoffs. Like, does this guy have confidence? I'd say yes, but... But here's there are the, some indicators that are saying to me that are like making me ask questions. But here's the other thing: like I, I pull up the numbers. He has the most shot attempts on any for anyone mm-hmm. on the Leafs. So maybe he's just not shooting it like well enough. Maybe he's not placing the puck properly. But again, I don't know. The most recent thing ever in everyone's heads is seven playoffs games in these four mm-hmm. regular season games. Yeah. yeah. So let's say Mitch Marner and John Tavares go the whole season and have fifty points each. What if they go into the re- playoffs and both have five goals in the first? Playoffs. Oh, everyone will be forgiven. Yeah. Right. However. So, I, again, I think four-game sample in a regular season needs to be taken with a massive, massive grain of salt. I see a lot of things about, like, you know, Mitch Marner can't play without Austin Matthews, which maybe is true. I don't know. But I saw he had 48 points in 38 games without Austin Matthews. So that would seem to debunk that theory. But, again, I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong stuff. Uh, it could It could just be a bad three games. Like, that's possible. And also one of them was a back-to-back, too. Like, that's a... It's, it's and again, like if if Marner scores the breakaway and Tavares scores one of the two wide open chances in front, does yeah. anyone saying anything? No. Yeah, and it, like I don't like the notion. Oh, Marner can't score without Matthew. He generated a ton of chances in those three games, Absolutely. and I'll, I can go into specifics. Along the wall, he picks it up 
in still in full stride. Brent cuts to the middle and puts a backhand on Jake Allen, gets stopped there. Yep. Um, there's a few other ones from Montreal. I can't off the top of my head because I'm going quick with this. But he had a rush chance in the first game. There he was hit the post in the first game. He had a rush chance on the left side go. of the ice. Yeah, there was that one as well. There was the chance where he cut to the middle, sent it to Tavares. Tavares across to Nylander. Huge save by Huge Forsberg. Save. Wow, that was a crazy um, game. Yeah. <laughs> He had a couple other feats to Tavares even on, on the Saturday game where it was like huge save by Forsberg. I mean, <laughs> I think I even clipped one where it was like the glove save by Forsberg on Tavares. That was off a feed from Marner. Yeah. So like if you it start was, really slowing down the game and watching the highlights, like, hey, where's this pass coming from where the yeah. goalie's making a huge save? It's coming from Mitch Marner. <laughs> yeah. It's just not going in the damn net for some reason. It's... It's driving people up the walls, and you'll probably see the number 1093 all over freaking Twitter. Honestly, I again, I unfollowed the Leafs Twitter. It's just like f- maybe 500 people on Leafs Twitter saying, I'm not kidding. It's a very it limited sample of people. Yeah. No, and but if it's, you follow- it's, it's very weird because I saw someone today saying like, or it was yesterday saying like, legitimately like not trying to trash him. Like, who would you trade Marner for? And it was, or who would you want in a trade for Marner? And it was like one of someone that's been very critical of them. And every single response from people that I saw trashing Marner, they said Eichel. Yeah, no shit. Again, we've no been shit. over this. Sorry to swear, but it's just, I, I honestly it gets exhausting. Eichel's a going top over. ten player in the league, and yeah, he's, he's a, a top five center in the yeah. league. Like, yeah. oh really? You trade Marner for a player that's better than him? Wow. But um, again, I don't know. That's that. I find that to be a little bit of the Twitter echo chamber that I happens it again. Is. It's just people looking for attention. Again, a lot of these people I followed via like Rinkrat, some good people. Just I, some of them I just some of them are annoying. It's like the overwhelming criticism is not how I enjoy watching my favorite sports teams. Like yeah, no. I will criticize them, but then the next day, okay, they didn't have a game today. Yeah, you don't have to send fifteen tweets about Mitch Marner and John Tavares not scoring. I've seen a bunch about Justin Hole, and like the funny thing is, it's off plays where it was. I saw someone criticizing him on the Pierre Engvall giveaway, the first goal on the Thursday game. Not sure how Justin Holt yeah, did contribute. Yeah, that was not his fault at all. There was a couple of plays where Jake Muzzin was out of position and ended up in the back of the net. It's like Jake Muzzin hasn't had a great start. No. So, like, therefore, his D partner's numbers aren't going to be great either. I, yeah. I don't think, like, people outside of Twitter are aware of this, but, like, I don't know. It's, it, it's very strange to see. But it's, again, go back to opening night. Which player got the biggest cheer of the Leafs guys in the lineup? It was Mitch Marner. It's a, this is a very much a Twitter like, con- but it's I'm not saying he's a, abolished no. of any blame. He would tell one you I got to score one secondary assist produce. in four games. It's not is good that? enough. It's not good. He's got to get more points. Enough. He but... knows that. But and the playoffs also not good enough. But what, so what? What do you want to do then? You cut him, send him to the minors? No, it's just nonsensical. We analyze the tape as we did. We look at the numbers and see where what's going wrong. Some of it's him again. He's produced a lot of shots, but as Joe said, maybe it's predictable. Maybe it's too much. You know, trying to pick the corner, just shoot it, shoot it hard like Nylander's doing. Nylander's mm-hmm. shooting the puck hard yeah. on net, and it's going in. Yep. Right. So, who knows? That that would be more tactical. Even last stuff. night, he had some good looks. Great looks. What happened? Great looks. The goalie's when the goalie makes saves, the goalie makes saves. But Mika Zibanejad's shot, yeah, like yeah. it's a flutter shot. It hits dead middle of the post and goes in. Yeah. Like crazy. I think if you were to send a hundred of those on that same spot on net uninterrupted those don't go in it also went straight to the middle of the net yeah too. It's, just like, it's insane like just crazy oh I, um one, i got a text from dave our resident sense fan oh, here we go. um jonathan dallin scored guess what team he plays for Who? you remember jonathan yeah, dallin is he on san jose i, I couldn't even remember yeah, I, yeah, I knew yeah. that was like the last place he kind of ended up is he still there <laughs> he's he, he scored for them i love that <laughs> it's kind of funny though I because Everyone thought that uh, Ottawa got rinsed in the Burroughs deal because Jonathan Dallin, and then Dallin ended up back in Sweden. So know, it was I like, know. but he's back, yeah. and good for him. He was a talented player. One thing I want to do, I do want to say though, is like keep giving love to William Elander's start. He's been like amazing. Honestly, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go over some. Indi- he also leads the Leafs in takeaways. He has this swagger, this yeah. newfound swagger that came out in the playoffs, which it's just is great. Like, like and, and really. look, the confidence leads the puck going in the net yeah. sometimes, right? Maybe the other two guys we talked about don't have that right now. Who knows? It's overanalyzing. But, again, he's playing with a lot of confidence. He's really moving the puck well. He's creating a lot of turnovers. Maybe it's the dress dress code. code. Um, I really like his game. So, again, people are – 
a lot of like comparison, William Nylander, Mitch Marner. If William Nylander is better than Mitch Marner this year, that would be unbelievable for the Leafs. That would be Amazing. my favorite thing ever. Like, uh, oh, no, uh, I've really, I can't say enough about his game so far. Even defensively, I think he's done a really good job getting pucks off the wall to the dangerous areas of the ice in the offensive zone and getting pucks off the wall in the defensive zone, transitioning the puck up the ice. So. I think he's one of the tops in the leagues in terms of completed slot passes I from behind the net. I behind that. the net, he's been very good this year. Yeah. And I mean, mostly Leafies. I mean, if you want William Nylander highlights, just follow them. It's kind of funny. <laughs> I also like <laughs> like that account's general positivity, though, about yeah. the Leafs. Yeah. Like, Compared to some other people, it's yeah, a lot of a lot of the the accounts you're talking about is just like old men yelling at Cloud. I think like it's, the I don't think it's thing. actually old men, but no, no, but it's like the Sims. I mean, old yeah, man yeah, yells, yells at Cloud. It's just these people are just sending tweets out into whatever. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways. So we talked about the top six. Mm. What do, how how do we feel about the rest? Bottom of them six. Yeah, specifically the third so line. Should we bring up our boy? How do we feel? Oh, uh, let me get into the fourth line first. Okay, the, sorry. The stat that I had yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go um, to the fourth line. I lost it. I don't know how. Oh, here we are. Okay, expected goals. So the fourth line is mainly comprised of Jason Spezza, uh, Wayne Simmons. Mm-hmm. Wayne's, those two together at five on five through the first two games, their expected goals for, which is essentially chances for versus chances against, was 5.41%. 0.02 goals for, 0.35 goals against. And when you're only playing a total of 12 minutes, Five on five, that's really not good. Mm-hmm. But the next two games, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, <laughs> 16, almost 17 minutes of five on five played together. 76.6% expected goals for. And they scored. Wayne Simmons scored. I mean, people probably forget in that second game that Jason Spezza at five on five, his numbers were awful. The worst on the Leafs. Yeah. But what did he do? Power play. This guy's a monster. He's insanely talented still, and he's so valuable to the Leafs that power play, good pass to William Nylander, ended up in a goal. Slap shot, which his slap shot is so nasty because he's able to get it up so high so how. quick. Like, what is the... It's because he's got a banana curve yeah, that's why. on it. <laughs> You're right. And he just puts it straight under the bar. Like, it's crazy. And the best is, if you bite on that slap shot, he's hitting you with the fake slap shot, especially off the rush, and he hit the post on Saturday with one of those. But... Jason Spezza, funny thing, I was listening to an interview. It was Wally Mathot with Jason Spezza. He used to use a, a wood stick. Yeah. And when Sherwood discontinued that, the Ottawa Senators almost bought the machine that makes the Sherwood sticks. <laughs> It'd be a good off investment. Of Sherwood so that he could still use them. He panicked. He freaked. He totally freaked out, apparently. So that was kind of funny. But they've been solid the next mm-hmm. two games. That's where I got to ask, like, what do you make of Wayne Simmons? It's been like this for a full year now, especially in the playoffs. We saw it too. A couple very, very, a couple terrible games. Unnoticeable, sleepwalking almost, because he's not the fastest player out there. And then the next two, it's like, oh, all of a sudden he's insanely effective. Why do you think that is almost? You know what? I think it's because he's the type of player that maybe, you know, he's not great always with the puck on his stick, right? Like, he's not the guy you want to transition the puck up the ice with his current speed. So a lot we of saw him generate something with. Uh, I know he did, <laughs> but the interesting thing is a lot of the stuff may be really quick chances, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A cycle and a quick chance in front, a cycle and a pass to Spezza. So I don't think he's the at the point of his career where he's going to be every game sustaining like four checks nonstop. You know, cycling the puck a lot, a lot of puck possession. But the the times he does have the puck, I still think he can do good things with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think it comes down to, right? There's still going to be, you know, again, he's not the greatest at transitioning the puck up the ice. Jason Spezza is still good mm-hmm. at that. Yep. So I think Even at the end of the day, a little inconsistency mixed in with some flashes every, every other game mm-hmm. on your fourth line. I think you take that. Yeah. I also, agree. with that fourth line, though, what I think will really help them is the speed of Pierre Engvall. Spezza is not the fleetest of foot. Simmons is not the fleetest of foot. And what did we really see bring together the fourth line in the playoffs against Columbus? The speed? A pure angle. Mm-hmm. The first game they had Frederick Gauthier, they played literally two minutes because they were awful, and they gave up chances against. Yeah. In two minutes. What happened? They take Freddie the Goat out. Good guy. But unfortunately, they took him out. They put Pierre Engvall in. He didn't result in a goal, but the fourth line generated a bunch of chances in that series. And, like, you might not notice it, but just the little things here and here that added some foot speed and 
the lankiness of Pierre Engvall can really bring, I think will help to tie together that fourth line a lot more. And we'll see less inconsistencies. It's not the best fourth line in the league. I'm not singing to the moon. Hallelujah. We have Engvall, Simmons, Spezza on the fourth. Wait, we have Spezza on the fourth line. Hallelujah. But I'm not singing, hey, Spezza, Engvall, best fourth line duo in the league. No, no. It will help it to be more consistent and effective. I, I agree to a point. I had another vision for the fourth line, but I'm not ready to like throw it out yet. It's more of like a trade deadline, how you shuffle the roster. But I yeah, actually sure. I actually agree with you. I think Engvall speed is missing. I just think man, I, I like Engvall's game, but he's just he I don't know if he'll ever get there. I really don't. We'll see. Like he's very uninspiring off the rush. He's so quick and his hands aren't bad, but like I don't know what happens when he gets between the red line and the blue line. It's it's yeah. I, I don't know. I, I and he doesn't throw the body, but I do think He's fast. And again, that is an element that line doesn't have. So I, you know, in terms of the adjustment with Matthews coming back in, I think it makes sense to put Engvall on the fourth line. But I don't know. I also didn't mind his fit on the third line. No. Yeah. I mean, the was it the first game he scored. Yeah. yeah. He looked awesome until he decided to try and score again in, yeah. with the empty net. But with pure Engvall, it's just like, I don't know. The funny, it's, it, the the best was in the first two games we got the quintessential quintessential Pierre Engvall experience. Yeah, it's Ex- good. The, the Engvall experience. That turnover, like a you said, goal, a bunch of chances in the first game, and then the second game it was like, dude, like get off the ice. What are you doing? That sauce, that tape to taste sauce, to Tyler Ennis was terrible. Was interesting. Yeah, but yeah, I actually do think our fourth line is pretty damn good though. I think Jason Spezza on like a bad team would be like a good second line center. Like he would he would be good. But I think the way the Leafs are using him is completely ideal and it's perfect Especially for where at he like is. 40 years old. Exactly. Yeah. Like power play this is a true like fourth line specialist. Power play specialist, but I'm telling you we've been doing some stuff looking at zone entries. Like Jason Spezza is really good at transitioning the puck mm-hmm. into the offensive mm-hmm. zone with control. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a when you have a guy on your fourth line who's not always just chip and chase. Brings a different element, which he is good. He had two zone entries and one shift, I remember, he did. last game. <laughs> yes, so is did. that what you're referring he to? He actually had a bunch of zone entries. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, something to keep an eye on there. Um, can we? Can I do a little transition into yeah. Jason's boy? Let's go. David Kong. <laughs> He's not my. I don't know why you guys think he's my boy. Just saying. Well, it's, we were you watching, were, we were, you were the, the most game. positive yeah. about well, him when uh, they signed us. Us three were also watching the game on uh, Thursday, Thursday, and Jason was. Talking about angle <laughs> or uh, comp in the neutral zone and what he can bring, and then he, I think he just like well, he's very. What would you say? He's very good blue line to blue yeah, line. Yeah. Some, something so arbitrary and yeah, random. Yeah. I'm like, sure. <laughs> but he was bringing the positivity, so I want to yeah. hear your thoughts on David Comp. So no, he looks. He's looked good. He's obviously not the most offensively gifted player, but we that did. Is an understatement. But that's not. <laughs> that's not when we signed him, right? Like we signed him because. First of all, he's done great on the faceoffs, and he's done great penalty killing. All right, we haven't had a center on the penalty kill for who knows how long, and if we finally have a, 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 a centerman on the penalty kill who's like an actually good penalty killer. So that's that's already a plus there. The my, my favorite part about Comps game is he just does very well transitioning the puck. He's always there supporting his players, and he's always able to get the puck in the zone. He all, he's not afraid to carry it in. He's not like a a, a, a a typical dump and chase guy. He will he will get. He will get the zone. He will get the zone. <laughs> the problem is from I there. S- I see him dump it in a lot. He does dump it in. I'm not saying, he, but he's not afraid to take the puck in the zone on his own accord on his stick. And that, that's a part of the reason why I like him. So just in terms of Kampf's neutral zone play again, we'll see. But I, I have noticed he's been in the, good sp- in the right spot a lot, which mm-hmm. is important as a supporting center. Again, yeah. his actual skill level of bringing the puck into the zone is massively below average. That's just a fact. Yeah. One thing I really want to give Sheldon Keefe credit for is pairing Comp with Kasha because mm-hmm. they're almost opposite players in the offensive zone. Comp only has six shot attempts in four games. It's like that's below most of our defensemen. So it hasn't been great. But you look at a guy like Andre Kasha, as Joe said, he's top three in expected goals per 60. And you saw in the first game, he puts a lot of pucks on net. So for a shutdown line, having a guy who will actually generate shots, even if they're not chances, is, you know, it's positive. It gives us some offense to go with that defensive line. And Kosh is really responsible defensively too. I will say they've absolutely buried David yes. Kampf. Like when, when, when we're talking Barry, what, what do you think his ozone start percentage is so far this year? 25. You, 
Do you know what it is? Don't guess if you know. Uh, 10. 9.7%. <laughs> and Andre Kasha is 3.8%. These guys are getting absolutely buried in the defensive zone. And you know what? Their numbers are actually not bad. Mm-hmm. No, like not David Kampf is like over 50% expected goals, over 50% shot attempts for. He played five minutes, which was the most of anyone else, against the Philip Hedel, Barkley Goudreau, Artemi Panarin line, which is kind of a weird line, by the way. I don't know. I don't know if you yeah, noticed that last night, but because yeah, kind of they had Lafreniere playing on the top line with Sabina Jad mm-hmm. Kreider, which I get because they're trying to get him going. He looked good too, but even in shot attempts for, and they actually lost the expected goals battle, but it wasn't by much. And I think that's positive. Again, mm-hmm. Panarin didn't score in the, in regulation; mm-hmm. he scored in overtime. But be, giving us that five minutes of not that great chances for, for Artemi Panarin's line, who one of the best players in the league by all intents and purposes. I mean, yeah. that's what you want from David Kopp. So that's a positive. Yeah. So in terms of his actual game itself, obviously I didn't watch David Kampf last year. I was looking at the numbers when he, we signed him, and they weren't good. I mean, especially the, um, the testimonials about his offensive game really pissed me off as well. But watching him and getting an idea of what his game is, it's really quite interesting because you have to keep a razor eye on him. Yeah. Like we have been, like we promised to do. You have to keep a razor eye on him to see where he actually is effective. Going into the boards and going into the corners, he's very good at like knocking pucks loose and coming away with the puck or knocking it loose and having like getting it to a teammate. I thought he did a very good job of that. Um, he throws the body a little bit as well. Like it's things that make his line mates life easier. Mm-hmm. And when you have a guy like uh, like Kerfoot or even Kasha on that line, it's going to be a pretty effective line there. And also in the defensive zone and even in the offensive zone, it's very almost calculated and methodical. It's almost like routes he's running. Yeah, oh, it is. that player's down point. there. I got to be up here. Oh, that player, it, the play's going this way. I got to be up this way. I got to be watching this person. I got to be watching this zone. And it's when you're looking for a defensive center like that, that's perfect. Amazing. Awesome. As long as our top two lines, and even the fourth line chips in a little bit, as long as the top two lines are running, I'm perfectly fine with David Kampf doing that. However, however, when you watch him pick off a pass, dig free the puck, and he has the puck on his stick, oh boy, is it an experience. <laughs> that guy, it's, it's, it's like, I don't, it's like he, I don't even know. Like it, it's, it's like they woke him up out of bed and handed him a hockey stick and told him stick, start stick handling. Like it, it almost looks foreign to him. I remember there was a play. He got the puck in front of the net and had it on his stick and he sent it to Andre Kasha. Okay. That would be a good play. However, Andre Kasha was double teamed at the top of the circles. He was in front of the net. It was like silly plays like that. He got one in front by near the side of the net, and he just passed it back to an open Andre Kasha behind the net and just, like, stood in the same spot, almost as if, like, oh, nope, this is not my job. Here you go. Take it away. It's, it's very weird when he has the puck on his stick. However, you got to look at his play away from the puck to really get a sense of, oh, <laughs> that's why we signed him. But I'll eat crow on David Kemp, Sure. Mm. However, I'm going to still laugh yeah. when he has the puck on his stick. Of course. It was also hilarious when he picked off the pass and just literally went. It, he, he literally had a he walked pseudo in. breakaway. He just walked in and then just glided into the boards behind the net. It was hilarious. But oh, he's yeah. not going to score 20 goals. He's not going to be that he's offensive powerhouse. He's not going to score 10 goals. But he's going <laughs> to. No chance. <laughs> he, he helps that third line go. He's like the, the grease in the wheels. Yeah. You know, he helps, it get, he helps get it going. And to be fair, I think that, that third line has been – it's been fantastic for us, honestly. It really has. So, yeah, I'm not ready to eat full crow. Yet. Oh, of course, it's only been four games. Don't. But I I'm just also, saying the small things I've seen I through also, four games. I also think I get last year like Philip Denault didn't score at all in the playoffs, and like the Habs made this Cup final. But that's again one example. I think Philip Denault's also much better offensively than David and Kamp. defensively mm-hmm. and defensively. Like I do think I like the idea of a third line crater line, but do I think Comp is good enough to go against, let's say? You're going to have to go against Kucherov Kucherov or like Alex Barkov. I don't know. I really don't know the answer to that. I don't know if we will know until maybe halfway through the year when we've seen them play against higher level opponents. Yeah. Yeah. 
But so far, I think it's been fine. I, I agree. I don't think he's going to score five goals, honestly. Like, And I, I just... I, what would you set the over-under at for his goal? Four and a half. Fair. I hit the over with that. Though. All right. Okay. I also think... I, I don't think the Leafs are done juggling lines. Like One guy we haven't brought up is Nick Ritchie. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they resist the urge to put like Kasha on the first line and bump Richie down. And then what does that do to the third line? You know, cause I really think Kasha right now is the main play driver on the third line. offensively. Yes, yeah. Like then it does it become a complete black hole to the point where they can't even transition the puck out. So I think it'll be interesting to see what happens as the year goes on. Yeah. I, 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 I feel like our centers and right wings for one through honestly, the whole, the whole team is locked in pretty much with Simmons and, and Spezza at uh, the fourth line and Kampf and Cash on that, that third line. I think it just – Kosh on that third line just makes it work. I think without Kosh, obviously, Kampf is not going to make that third line work. Maybe, you know? but then, like, I don't know. We haven't talked about Nick Ritchie yet, but, yeah. like, if he continues to play the way he's played from the first four mm-hmm. games, it's going to be like a Joe Thornton thing where yeah, he needs this to, guy he, needs to be off the first yeah. line. Yes. And he then where do, you, where do you kind of put him there then, right? I saw someone on Twitter saying, like, oh, he didn't make the flashy plays, but Nick Ritchie was very effective last no, night. No, like, he wasn't. He turned over the puck, then he hit a guy. That's what he did. He had one play where he def- he, he bounced it off Shesterkin's pads, and then it went in front, and it was a good chance. No, Other he, than that, like... He, he was really bad. Yeah, uh, Marner he, set him up well, and he sunk. He put it straight into Shesterkin's chest. Like, I'm a big Nick, Nick Ritchie guy, but it's been... To quote Sheldon Keefe. I'm not. I'm not going to get into it right now. Yeah, we'll get into it later. But I, I think, from what I see so far, I, an underrated thing about Zach Hyman's game playing with those guys is the hockey IQ part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why they brought him brought him to play with McDavid. Right? He really knows his role on a line, and I think that's an understated skill to have. I don't know if Nick Ritchie fully understands how to play with him, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner level players. It seems like he doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's a very simple game for Nick Ritchie. It's a lot of chip along the boards. It's a lot of throw a hit. It's some really weak shots from outside. Direct the, the puck towards the net. And yeah. it's and it's not high quality chances. Mm-hmm. And I, honestly, like he kind of reminds me of Thornton so far in a way that he looks almost too slow to cycle the puck sometimes. Like the puck comes around to his wing and he, he's not even there. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing yeah, about that true. line is Mitch Marr is not the best cycler, but Austin Matthews likes to cycle the puck, and Mitch Marr likes to get the puck at high and then either shoot it or like set a guy up or recycle it. So you need it's good to have two guys who are good at cycling mm-hmm. the puck, and I haven't seen that from Nick Ritchie so far. Yeah, yep. who? Jonathan Dowling, two goals. Wow, Holy smokes, <laughs> not bad. <laughs> what a Go monster! On. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, I just also I don't know where he would then fit. I was would he be a third line player? Would you try him again with Kosh because they've worked together? Would you go Richie Kampf, Kosh and the big try- thing also like we were happy about when we brought him in was the competitiveness. I haven't seen no a lick of that. Couple yet. maybe two or three hits I can remember. Mm-hmm. There. Like wow, nice hit, Richie. Other than that, it's and the problem with him too is Jeff O'Neill said it on Overdrive Day, which is true. Over his career, he's tended to like what he gets going. When he's down bad, let's say, when he's not playing well, he takes a lot of dumb penalties, too. And hopefully he doesn't do that because that would really, really Greater be his value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, also, again, it's only been four games. Yeah. I heard, to talk about another guy on the radio, I heard Nick Kiprios say, like, oh, like, two years for bunting, amazing by Dubas. Two years for Richie, just a terrible deal. Like, I think it's a little early we for We are four guys. games in. Again. Yeah. But... I don't know. Obviously, really disappointed. I'd really like to dig back and see what Kiprio said about that signing at the time. Or what he said in the draft. He also wasn't wasn't on Sportsnet, so we'd have to listen to his podcast. But at the draft, he probably loved that. Loved him. Probably his favorite player. But yeah, that's Richie's. I also am not impressed with him, especially. uh, We also have to, again, take with a grain of salt four games. It's only been. And also one game with the the line that he's actually going to play on. I think they'll give him more run. Mm -hmm. At least this weekend. Probably three or four more games yeah. at least. But all, all I look at is like, how long are they going to resist the urge to put bunting with Matthews yeah. and Marner? But th- yeah, I just don't, if, if that happens well with Tavares and Nylander, I know, I mean, but like, they, like I just, I can see take it. away from one of the top lines to help the, the other, other kind yeah, of thing. I mean, I just, I just know what Sheldon Keefe likes to do. He like, mm, he, every time he tried to not put Zach Hyman on the first line, he just ended up there anyway. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. eventually he played with them. So we'll see but again, a positive could be maybe now that's a spot we're looking to trade for, and there maybe someone comes yeah. available, right? Maybe yeah. that leads them to add more to the team. Who knows? Again, it's early. It's very, very early. early. But yeah, 
Un- Even, just thinking like off, off the top of my head, like if you were to put Nick Ritchie on the third line, like the space that David Camp creates for his line mates, mm-hmm. it's like what is Ritchie really going to do with that space? Yeah, I think yeah. he'd probably be a fourth line guy. I think a Simmons... Spezza, Richie, fourth line would probably. But then we're be. back That's to a very slow fourth agreed, line yeah, again. Agreed. It's but like maybe we maybe have a lot of conundrums. Maybe more flash plays and goals. Yeah, we'll get more into Richie in one sec. Let, do you guys want to go into the uh, our new segment, the award that we're giving out at the end of the year? I w- we have two, right? Uh, yes. Yes. Two. Because there's someone I want to talk about we haven't talked about yet. So yeah, let's do it then. All right. So the first award der- uh, derived from the Amazon series. Sheldon Keith had a, a conversation with someone and said that their the experience with them has been very vanilla. So we're gonna give out we're gonna vote on every week. We're gonna get everyone's opinions in, and we're gonna discuss and we're gonna vote on the vanilla player of the week. Sounds good. Love it. Sounds We've good. Taking in a bunch of, of nominations. And then the second one, favorite leaf of the week. We gotta figure out an actual name for that. I'm like we'll figure it out. I don't know. I'll, we'll talk to people and try to get something going. All right, but we'll figure it out. If you have any suggestions, let us know. Yes, please. Best bud, maybe. Best no, bud. please no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, maybe Frank's Red Hot Sauce will sponsor us. We'll call Frank's, <laughs> Frank's Red Hot Player of the Week. Uh, so let's get into the nominations. I'll give you guys. Um, so we'll start off with the vanilla player of the week. Nick Raycroft said uh, Kasha. No. That's no. I I was happy with Kasha's plays. He's been shooting the puck a lot. He hasn't scored yet, but it's yeah. been hasn't been like the greatest chance. It's been just volume. Yeah, but sometimes yeah, but you need volume. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll take that. I, I mean in the playoffs we were complaining that in our bottom we were, six, like yeah. nobody's even getting a chance. Yeah. I guess we were yeah, I guess we're overanalyzed. I, I thought that one was interesting. Um Alicia said Mitch Marner. That's fair. Zero yeah. goals for, zero goals yeah. against. That's pretty vanilla. That's vanilla. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, Benji Albert said Mo. I don't know. Riley? Any? Just says Mo. So Riley? Riley. Interesting. I thought oh. Riley was pretty good. I think he's been. I guess you can say on the power play, he has been sending some most, yeah. random He is the most shot. vanilla power been, play defenseman in the league, yeah, honestly. Yeah, it's been inefficient. And then he got a very, very good chance at the end of the third period against Ottawa. And what did he do? Airmailed it over the so net. Five feet over the net. Nice. He also got one at the end of the New York game, no? And he shoved it into the pad. Yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah. He did. It was off the rebound off Matthews' mm-hmm. chance. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't been bad defensively. No, no, no he's he been, hasn't. So I, think, yeah. I think he's been all right. I think he's been good. I think yeah. he's been he technically fine. does leave the, lead the team in five-on-five five points. He just will he, – he's a, a bit frustrating at yeah. times. Yeah, so exactly. Mostly on the power play, but uh, – yeah. Andrew Cheetah said Marner. Kyle DeMarkey said Jake Muzzin. Oscar Grant said Justin Hole. Um, D-A-V-N-T-A-O. I don't know. Tau, I guess. Vanilla, he said Marner. Um, Non-Nylander. I guess a lot of players, that means. MVP, we'll get into that. Uh, oh, underwhelming. He said the underwhelming award, Richie. So I guess Marner or Richie. That's fair. Adam Orlowski said Jumbo Joe. <laughs> Doesn't play for the team anymore. <laughs> I think you're watching last year's games. But um, one thing I want to take from that is the just Hall and Muzzin both being on there. I think they've – we talked about them a bit, but that, that pairing to me has been a bit underwhelming. But I think they'll be better. Yeah. Muzzin looks hurt. Whatever. We'll, Especially we'll even like on the goal that Ottawa scored on Saturday, the one that counted, like Jake Muzzin was kind of out of position on that one. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like Lilgren – took a side. It wasn't his side, but he took that side. He committed to it. And then Jake Muzzin just committed to that side as well and left his guy way wide open in front of the net. It's been interesting this season with him. It hasn't been as well as, as good as we've seen in the past. Right. Mm-hmm. So I can see. And then like the first goal that Montreal scored on, on in the first game of the season, like Justin Hole didn't play that over that two on one very well at all, but it was Jake Muzzin that pinched and got beat on that play mm-hmm. as well. I've so. actually we've actually noticed when watching back, Muzzin has been very aggressive in terms of crossing mm-hmm. over to the his partner's side to try to break up plays. I think all Leafs have. Yeah. Yes. I think it's the new defense coach Maybe. has yeah. really been pushing them to be more um dangerous, I want to say, more aggressive. At the, we've at seen Sandine push up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seen Sandine do it. We've seen TJ Brody jumping up a lot. Yep. Like even off the rush, I've seen a lot of defensemen come in. So it's been a more aggressive team, which has been interesting. 
I don't know if you want to play that game against like very high power. Like yeah. what Vegas fully healthy, Tampa Bay fully healthy. Do Edmonton. you really want to be playing that Edmonton especially? You, you do not want to get caught. I think you really got to game plan and look to who yeah. you're playing. We've played three teams. We played Ottawa, Montreal, and New York. I think that's the teams to do it against. Yeah, I think it's limiting However, how much cycle they get against us, limiting chances, trying to get the puck back up the ice as quick as possible. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, for the most part, it's worked. It has, I agree. So, and then we got Soupy back there. That's oh, yeah. stud. Um, so the fa- so in terms of the vanilla player, I saw, what about these tweets? I had this one from oh, Roman King because Roman King had a tweet that I completely agree with. I think this is very well put. Richie has been completely uninspiring on the first line. Would like to see Marner finish one of his chances, but he's warming up and looking dangerous. I really like the third line with Kampf, Kasha, Kerfoot. That's what I would absolutely I, say. I cannot start that. Said it pin that myself. tweet. Pin that tweet. That's a great tweet. No, I'm talking to him. He should pin that tweet. It's a great tweet. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I saw the Twitter. It was, was like I think I saw two Nick Richies mm-hmm. and then one Mitch Marner. So how are we gonna do this? Are we all gonna vote on it? Do From we each pick one? This burner account that replies to me always said Marner, which I'm not surprised. Uh, Bills Beanie said Amadio. I mean, that's he's not he's not in the lineup anymore. But he no. was pretty vanilla. Yeah. But he was like it was he was a last cut. You expect a little bit more from someone like that, right? Mm-hmm. Angry Keith said Richie caution. I guess Amadio and Muzzin has been rough. Makes sense. Seems like either Nick Ritchie or Mitch Marner. So yeah, are we? Are, is it is it their vote or our vote, or we're just arbitrarily gonna say? I mean, it's not like we didn't get like five thousand votes yeah, for yeah. it. So I think we can, we'll put it up. We can put it up to a vote on the story. Yeah, between two players. Sure. Let's. Who, who do you guys? Nick Ritchie, Mitch I, Marner. I'm okay with. I Nick think Ritchie Marner's okay. Going to be the appropriate decision. Between Sounds the good. two, because then we can do an easy little poll. Yeah, mm-hmm. perfect. Between the two, I mean, two play like Mitch Marner has not been quite the definition of vanilla. I mean, it's been a lot of chances. Mm-hmm. However, if you're looking at the box score, yeah, that's nothing. where that's where you get paid. Mm-hmm. It's the box scores. Absolutely. No, uh, I don't know. Not anymore. That's where not you anymore. get anymore. not for 12. Brady. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Suck it, Dave. <laughs> um, that's a that was a good one, <laughs> but yeah, one secondary system four games, not enough is not enough. So maybe he'll see it and he'll be motivated to be better. <laughs> All right, uh, no, he'll he's he's been blocking. Mitch Marner's been blocking a lot of people. I I don't even think Twitter. these guys run their Twitter accounts to be honest. He's been blocking a, someone's someone from the Mitch yes. Marner Twitter account has been blocking a it's lot. It's like of I don't know if you know the Ben Roethlisberger Twitter account had like everyone on Twitter blocked, <laughs> <laughs> like literally everyone. People were like, I didn't even know Good. this account exists, and I'm blocked by Ben Roethlisberger. But Good, honestly, life's too short. Just block everyone. I've been muting people. It's been way better. Don't mute the Rink Rat Report though, because that's literally the, the only account is, you need to follow the Leafs. But this one guy that engages with us a lot, um, uh, they they tagged someone like. In response to our tweet, they take someone saying like, "Ah, oh, look, look at this," and I clicked on the account. And we had it blocked. <laughs> I think That's I just funny. saw something that annoyed yeah. me. I'm like, "Shut up." That's why it's there, though. Like, yeah, Twitter. It's it can be a rough place. It's a lot easy of, to make a, a profile. People don't like it. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So between Mitch Martin and Nick Ritchie, we'll, we'll throw it, it up on the score, sure. story, and we're gonna figure it out. Who's gonna be the first weekly vanilla player of the week? We all know where this line came from. Yes. So. Um, now James, favorite leaf. James. I don't know what, uh, the budding bud. No. What about the spicy player of the week? I don't know. Like, so what's the opposite of vanilla? Chocolate. chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that. Let's do vanilla <laughs> chocolate. Um, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll figure, figure it, out. it out. We got to yeah, get something good because remember when we would do rat race, it was yeah. like, that wasn't, that didn't come off. Took someone smarter than us to, yeah. We're not to actually suggest it. We'll figure it out. But let's we'll get to the meat and potatoes. What are okay. people saying? Andreas Tassios, um, the realtor. Our, um, I can't say our realtor. Oops. <laughs> Oops. That's no. going to cause some family conflict. <laughs> um, he said Travis Dermott bailed out Sandy on numerous occasions last night. He's it's correct. A, it's a good, yeah. He's he, he helped to really make that line much more effective. Hugo Principe said Willie and Bunting. That's a good one. Nick Raycroft said soup. Oh, yeah. Gianluca Filippetti said Nick Ritchie. So, John, if I could swear, uh, I'll respond to this right now. Is that, is that a meme? Like, Can I just say quickly that a- say that we didn't really talk about the D that much, but like Sandin and Dermot have been pretty yes. good. And the way that they oh, pair yeah. together, we talked about it nonstop. Like Dermot 
has no offensive skill. I think we can just. It's interesting because when he crosses the red line, it's like his brain goes into he goes into poo poo land. Like it, I don't know. There was a play, and I I sent you a Snapchat of it. It was Wayne Simmons was carrying the puck up the ice. He had it past the red line, goes into past the blue line, sends it over to Dermot, who's pinching in. He's making a beeline for it, but Dermot didn't have his stick on the ice. Yeah, it's not good. He put it down last minute. He fumbled the puck. He just spun around and I fired it, it yeah. and it hit Wayne Simmons in the ankle. Like it was just like, dude, like we made you made such great progress to get up to there, and then it's it, it's like system does not compute. Yeah, yeah, it's really really weird. But guess who's good at that part of the game? Rasmus Sandin. Exactly. So. And you know, I have not been the biggest Dermot guy, but from the tracking we did on the Rangers game, he was by far the Leafs' best defenseman at mm-hmm. stopping zone entries and then taking the puck from his zone, out, like out of his zone with zone exits. Like yep. by far, he was extremely, extremely impressive. Yep. Benji Albert said Spets a bunting Sandman. Makes sense. Andrew Cheetah said bunting. Kyle DeMarkey, who shout out to Kyle, has actually introduced some of his friends to the show. Huge shout out to him. He said Alex Bishop. I like that. Rockstar of the week for sure. Um, I mean, this guy was couldn't st- couldn't sleep for his pregame nap, so studied for his midterms. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um Adam Bursey said bunting. Love it. Um what's this guy's name? You I, know what? I'm, I'm sh- honestly shocked I didn't see more William Nylander. Maybe that's just Instagram versus Twitter. I that is interesting. Maybe it's just because we expect William Nylander to be like that, and like the fresh new well, faces. Like the mutuals were kinda... that we have on Twitter, it's a lot of like Nylander fan accounts. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what it is. Yeah. You're right. So that maybe that's so why no matter what, yeah. if you go on our yeah, Twitter yeah, yeah, or yeah. following, People Nylander's like never Nylander. playing yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's like, fair, it's that's it's fair. kind of funny. Well, I also probably would have said William Nylander. But yeah. yeah, he's been awesome. He's been this great. Week. He's been great. I want to put in like it's been a lot of bunting. I see a lot of bunting on here. Um. I mean, Jack Campbell's been that awesome. Mine. That's the thing. Yeah, that's like, mine. Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell. What the heck? <laughs> he's supposed to be our, our 1A one like one or 1B. He's our one. He's our one. Uh, well, I mean, whoa, whoa, he's our one. Because whoa, whoa. of whoa, whoa, whoa. the situation. He's, but, I mean, if, if Mrazik's out at least, what, two weeks, and Campbell takes the ball and run. He's already running. Yeah. Like, he's at, like, he's he's at like 25. He's approaching the red zone mm-hmm. or, the, or <laughs> he, the Connor zone, as they can he say. Is, he is Ezekiel Elliott with the ball. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Um, and also, it's. I think he might have listened to the podcast when Joe said that Mrazek was starting game one of the playoffs from one uh, week ago. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a hot take, though. I don't hate it. I think Campbell started really hot. Mrazek, it's different with a new team as well. It mm-hmm. takes yeah, a little bit. Mrazek also, is the first period of his first game, the team hurt. just went p- completely poopoo brains. Yeah. I mean, but um, I don't know how to pronounce it. I got to look up what this person's name is. They... Davin Teo, I guess I'll call him that. Yep. They said bunting as well. I think so. I a think lot bunting. of bunting. Bunting's got to be on a there. A lot it seems. of bunting. I mean, it's fair. He's been. He's saw been one on Twitter that said, uh, "That's a Campbell." I mean, Century. What do you guys think? Who are our two nominees? I, I think we. Go, I wanted William Nylander. <laughs> so <laughs> can we do Campbell Bunting Nylander, and then none of the above, and yeah. then that will be the poll. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or other. Let's do other, and then. Okay. You could write it in the DMs if you want. But I, I, do, I don't uh, want to mess with the thing that the voting. Yeah. But I think William no, you can you can vote that way. We did it when we were arguing between Shabbat and, and who won, and uh, Theodore, Theodore, uh, Theodore won. That might yeah. not be good because I don't know how much I agree with a lot of the social media polls. But that's okay. Um, Anyways, I like I like putting Nylander in there. I think he deserves it because coming off the playoffs, like Arc if bluff. if you're gonna criticize Mitch Marner, like. Not scoring after not scoring in the playoffs. You got to be happy with Nylander scoring after mm-hmm. scoring in the playoffs. Again, we got a lot of hockey to go, but he's looking very dangerous this year. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's that's our one section. Do you have any more Leaf stuff to talk about? I think we touched on pretty much everything. I think it was good to see Timothy Lilligren get in a game. I yeah. I How was, do we feel about it? Let's, it was all right. Quick. I would say it was sufficient. I mean, he when looked, you're putting a guy mm. in second line, first game of the year like that, I mean. To me, you can't overly nitpick it. Was yeah. it fantastic? I don't think it was. I wouldn't say fantastic, but it was like it's a good he was start. Solid, he seems. It's like, a good start. We'll see if like he's next man up. Mm-hmm. When I was watching the game, I saw there were two gaffes, like two absolute goofs that he yeah, made. But other yeah. than that, he seemed like it's gonna happen solid. But exactly, he's young and he's still learning. He's still growing. So and then quickly, I think everyone's more impressed with the power play this year. It's yeah. a lot more fluid, which we talked about. I don't know if it's completely ironed out yet. 
I really but, like that. But it, it looks a lot better. It looks a lot, a lot better. A lot more movement. My so complaints sh- of the power play in the past and why it went hot and then cold really quick was just not enough moving pieces to mm-hmm. it. Very easy to defend. It's very easy when you know, okay, uh, if the puck's going to Austin Matthews and he's going to rip it bar chat. <laughs> yeah. Like, just put someone on Matthews. Like, yeah, it makes it easy. When you stop. get the movement going, you get the flow going, I really would like to see Marner with the puck on his stick a little bit more. I realized in the New York game, he did a couple great jobs of creating space and then dishing the puck off and getting someone else to shoot the puck. Like, uh, I think there was a good one time to Matthews. He rang it off Shesterkin's dome. But yep. power plays looked better. Congratulations, Spencer Carberry. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, good job yeah. so far. And then another coaching thing, um, William Nylander and Mitch Marner are almost playing the same amount at even strength, which good. is good to see. And good. Nylander's yep. close to 20 minutes a game, good. which we all wanted to see, and that's mm-hmm. re- like we're, we're happy with that. Bang. Awesome. Um, you want to get into a little bit around the league? Yeah, quick little five minutes. Brady um, Kachuk. What was That's it, 8 two, five over 7 or 8? Dave, maybe plug your ears, but I get that Brady has all the intangibles, right? He's, you know, he's... Led the team in scoring. The, the crowd went wild when they announced him at the game after he signed his contract. But Could you imagine... Well, Nylander missed games, but, like, Marner, after he signed that contract and he's not playing in that first game, they introduce him, what what the crowd would noise would have been? They would cheer. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, yeah. I hope so. so. They I, went wild with Brady. They went wild. They went insane. Um, I also think it's different for them because, like, they know their owners a little stingy with the money, yeah. like compared to the least, which are like unlimited. I like Brady as a player. I personally think his brother is a better player than him. Maybe I'll be proven mm-hmm. wrong there. And I do not think he is the best forward on the Ottawa Senators, or he will be the best forward on the Ottawa Senators. I think there's a good argument that Drake Chuck. Batherson is the best Ooh. forward on the Ottawa Senators. And I think there's a good argument that Tim Stutzel will also... I actually think they expect Tim Stutzel to be better than Brady. He Kachuk. has to be. So Kid's nasty. Very good hands. The problem I keep going to with Ottawa is like they're almost... I don't want to compare them to Arizona from two years ago, but they're like paying guys as if they're ready to go right now. Yeah. Which that you kind of have to do at a certain point, but I think that's a big overpayment for Brady Kachuk. I think he's like a $6 million player. I think he... It's hard to quantify his true impasse because he takes a lot of shots and his does not score a lot. So he didn't have much around him also. Before. Yeah, that's true. So maybe he improves, maybe but that. I think he, if you go off just production, I think he got yeah. overpaid. I for think, I think the odd was above what Arizona was expecting to be from a couple of years ago. I mean, look who they paid. Arizona paid Nick Schmaltz, Clayton Keller, Jacob Chikrin, who's a rock star there, uh, Christian Dvorak. And then I don't know. They have Christian Fisher. Who's not really panning out that well versus, I mean, Josh Norris, Tim Stutzel, Brady Kachuk, um, Thomas Shabbat, they got Phil Gustafson had a very good game against Dallas. Who's he's still wait and see. It's only one game, but you know, I think yeah. it's a little bit above what Arizona was. We'll see. I mean, I'm really curious to see what, how, what Tim Stutzel turns into. And I'm really curious to see like Brady Kachuk is still a 99 born. There's yeah. still mm-hmm. more to it. I think mm-hmm. agree. So it's just a matter of how much more is there. This is a guy where, I mean, there were video of Ottawa Senators fans swearing and going crazy because they drafted him fourth overall. And then the next year, those people really changed their tone. Future captain. Yeah. <laughs> Future captain. That's what they said. I mean, yeah. Also, I'm surprised. I, you're not an Anton Forsberg guy, eh? Um, He's going to win the Vesna. Uh, I mean, he plays the least every game. Every game, he's going to win the Vesna. We'll see. So wait and see. <laughs> You have to play the long term. What are they going to do with Matt Murray? That's another. Oh, this is what I've discussed with Dave. And Dave, Sense fan Dave, said um, something. I I can't find it right here. He said a bunch of other stupid stuff. But something along the lines of uh, Matt Murray is a bum. He sent me, without even (laughs) saying anything today, he sent me a skull emoji on ice. He said, on ice today, and then a cry face emoji. And that's all he said. All I knew was, oh, Matt Murray's skating today. Not good. Yeah, that's, that's it. I have a I have a rat race quick one before we go here, Joe. Who would you rather have, Nick Suzuki or Brady Kachuk? Nick Suzuki. Yeah, me too. And who got paid more? Brady Kachuk did. did. So it's interesting. Just a quick comparable. Yeah, I, I think also Nick Suzuki. A lot of people are saying again overpaid for production, but like not really because you're going off a shortened season. Yeah, and he's like a sixty point guy. It's similar to William Nylander, right? And if you Look at their contracts. They're pretty similar. So I think that's really fair. And center. And I think his ceiling two-way is really high. So Exactly. Yep. Um, 
Other rat race. Coyotes, 20 wins. What do you think? Over. Over? Yeah. So we're becoming ironic Coyote fans. They're fun to watch. I watched the game last night against St. Louis. Carter Hutton is legitimately the biggest open door I've ever seen in my life. Like, How long till you think he gets waived? Like p- probably pretty soon, I think. Which is funny because they're going to have to pick someone up off waivers because I don't think Joseph Coronash is it. He's, no. their, he's their third guy up. I will say, if you want a tank, they got, they got some of the right guys <laughs> to do it. No offense to Carter Hutton. I'm sure he's a serviceable backup in the league, but no, a, sev- a no, 700 no, save not. percentage is not going to cut No, right he's now. not a serviceable backup. He was very bad last uh, year. Also, a negative 10 goals saved above average through two he's games not. is almost impossible. <laughs> I mean... Thank God they got Louis Domingue, who's also <laughs> was also a third goalie last year. wasn't very good um, as their other tandem guy. But you know, Michael Hutchinson, he wasn't good enough to make that team. But either way, I don't know anyone you put back there, still gonna be a big flush. Also, no quickly, I want to say Shane Gossespierre, four point three games. The guy who said that he wasn't underrated. We'll see. Ooh, all right. What are the defensive metrics? Not good. Like? <laughs> Not good. <laughs> All right. Um, I think that's it. Yep. We'll be back next week. Do the Leafs play Monday or Tuesday? Next week? Yeah. Uh, I think Tuesday because they probably should have teed back. up those next few games, but whatever. doesn't matter. Anyways, thanks, everyone, for listening. We got Friday. Next game is Friday. San Jose. Could be a big Gonna be offensive, offensive performance. Yeah, yeah. And then we got Pittsburgh on Saturday in Pittsburgh. Should be a good, so, a good one. Let's see it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Make sure to... Write a review, subscribe, check out follow Bet us Stamp. on socials. Thanks to them and again. Yes, Bet Stamp. Goldie Skull.